my tendency towards codependency, rescuing, and fixing won't necessarily ever go away. When we're conscious of it and able to make choices in our lives, we realize we don't have to act on these tendencies. We're no longer compelled to act on these tendencies or impulses. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting. I'm a boundaries coach who specializes in helping women who are focused on what others are thinking and doing and neglect themselves in the process. And I have coached hundreds of people on how to build healthy boundaries using my exclusive build framework. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. I'm an avid beachcomber who collects sea glass, shells, wood, and stones. I am a formerly closeted fan of the Hallmark Channel, especially the Christmas movies. Hello, Christmas in July. I wear fingerless gloves from September to June because my hands are always cold, so I have about 15 pairs. And I get a huge kick out of counting how many days, weeks, and months there are until my birthday or Christmas at completely random times of the year. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. If you like what you've heard on this episode, please screenshot it and share it on your social media and tag me at Higher Power Coaching. This is episode 232, what ruminating and catastrophizing are and two tools for how to stop. I want to start by sharing something that happened to me the other night, which shows my tendency towards codependency, rescuing, and fixing won't necessarily ever go away. When we're conscious of it and able to make choices in our lives, we realize we don't have to act on these tendencies. We're no longer compelled to act on these tendencies or impulses. And this situation is also a perfect example of the quote I shared last week. I'm not responsible for my first thought, but I am responsible for my second thought and for what comes out of my mouth. And sometimes it's not necessarily what comes out of my mouth. It's more what I do. So here's the situation. I live in a condo, which is essentially like an apartment complex, and I'm in my living room. The doors and windows are open, and I hear this kid outside on the phone. And it sounds like maybe he's calling grandma and saying, hey, mom isn't home and I'm going to be late. So my first thought was, I could drive him. Now, I have no fucking idea who this child is. I've never heard this voice before. I don't know these people. I don't know the situation. But my first thought is, I could drive him. Now, this was 10 minutes before I needed to leave to go to a meeting. Now, due to all of the work I've done in recovery, I immediately was like, what the fuck am I thinking? Now, those thoughts may happen, but it doesn't mean you have to act on them. And I'm also not beating myself up about this. It's info, not ammo. This tendency I have towards helping and rescuing and fixing may never go away. I just don't need to act on it. 
Okay, so on to the topics at hand, ruminating and catastrophizing and how to stop them. As much work as I did in the personal development department before I got into recovery, I had no fucking idea that I ruminated or that I catastrophized until I got into recovery. What's really interesting about that is that I've always been a very positive and optimistic person. I always looked on the bright side, the glass was always half full, and yet I did all kinds of ruminating and catastrophizing. What I do is basically think and 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 think. Sometimes it was ruminating about the past, and other times it was catastrophizing about the future, or what I like to call living into the wreckage of the future. Once I realized I was doing that, I eventually was able to stop. But of course, you can't even stop something until you know that it's happening. So I couldn't stop all the time, but eventually I got so good at it that I could nip it in the bud. Now, I don't think that I ruminate about the past anymore, but my mind tries to live into the wreckage of the future pretty much on a daily basis. I think that's one of the most difficult things for me to overcome as sort of my natural state. And I think it's pretty normal for humans because we want to avoid danger. And one of the ways we do that is trying to anticipate where's the saber-toothed tiger coming from? Where's the woolly mammoth coming from? Except for that they're not around anymore. So I'm going to talk about ruminating about the past first. What I would do is replay events in my head, and I would play them over and over and over again. And these were not good, happy events. These were like destructive, traumatizing, difficult, dramatic, and chaotic events. And one thing that does is it takes you out of the present moment when you're so focused on the past. You're basically not there in the present. You're in the past. And the other thing it does is it activates your nervous system. So this is destructive to your well-being because you're not in the present moment. And that's important because the present is the only moment in which you can take action and make decisions and change things. But when you're replaying the events of the past over and over and over again, or even if you're rereading messages or rereading emails again, you're not living your actual life and you're activating your nervous system as if you're under attack. Now, all that can stop. I'll give you a couple of tools for that in a moment. First, I want to talk about catastrophizing or living into the wreckage of the future. What I do is start thinking about something that could happen, and I'm talking about worst case scenarios here. In all these worst case scenarios, I am the victim and either someone or something is the persecutor. My natural stance in these circumstances in my brain is to be the victim and not the hero, even though in real life, when it comes to the three roles of the drama triangle, victim, persecutor, and rescuer, my sort of out of the gate position or my default position is to be the rescuer. Now, all of us have all three of those tendencies, but most of us have one we default to, and mine is rescuer. But when I'm living into the wreckage of the future, I'm the victim. People are doing things to me, and I'm blaming them for doing that. 
What that does, again, is take me out of the present moment. I'm not living now. I'm living in some fantastical future that's never going to happen. And it's also activating my nervous system. And it's having the emotional impact as if that scenario that I'm making up in my head has actually happened. If it happens with another person, you know, if that scenario is something that involves a person as opposed to like a, an institution or something like that, I take that emotional experience and sort of like place it onto that person so that when I see them again, uh, maybe even if I don't recall it consciously, I've had that emotional experience with them in my mind. And our bodies don't give a shit whether stuff is actually happening or whether we're imagining. That's why just thinking about something can cause that internal, uh, you know, your nervous system to rev up. The impact is the same to your body, whether it happened in your mind or in reality. So I've impacted my future with that person. Now, mind you, none of the worst case scenarios that I've ever come up with have ever happened. None of those imaginary conversations where I think, I'm going to say this, and then she's going to say that, and then I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to be like, that fucking bitch. I turn these people into villains in my head, and none of that stuff ever happens. So it really destroys my serenity. Now, I heard someone say, and I think maybe it was Marianne Williamson, that worrying is like praying for a shitty future. Well, she probably didn't say shitty, but that's essentially what she was trying to get across. The reasons we don't want to ruminate or catastrophize is because they bring us out of the present moment, which is the only time we can make decisions and act to change things. They activate our nervous system, which is not good for us. We're not meant to live in fight or flight mode for hours or days or weeks or years on end. We're meant to be in that state briefly so we can fight or flee. And then we're supposed to recover from that and calm down. In addition to taking us out of the present moment, we also have the negative emotional impact as if those scenarios actually happened, which affect our current life and our future life. We're just recreating chaos and drama And we want to stop living like that. So here are the tools for how to do that. Number one is to get into the present moment. The quickest way to do that is to start paying attention to your breath. What I like to do is the 2x breath, where you breathe in for a count of two, and then you breathe out for a count of four. So in other words, you double your exhale over the inhale. Then you breathe in for a count of three and out for a count of six, in for a count of four and out for a count of eight. You can repeat that if you want to, but you can't pay attention to your breath like that unless you're in the present moment. It also deactivates the nervous system. Another way you can get into the present moment is to make sure that you are feeling your feet solidly on the ground or perhaps your butt on the chair. And another is to connect with your senses. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you smelling? What are you tasting? What are you feeling? And the other tool that you can use typically after you get into the present moment is to think things 
on purpose. Your brain's job is to think. It's never going to not think. That's why when you're taught to meditate, they say, when the thoughts come up, go back to paying attention to your breath or go back to paying attention to your mantra. They don't say, if the thoughts come up, they say, when the thoughts come up, because that's what your mind does. It thinks. And meditation is just training yourself to go back, go back, be purposeful about what's going on in your mind. So there are a couple of things you can do to be more purposeful about your thoughts. Number one is you can start saying affirmations. If you have some that you say on a regular basis, just start saying those. Or if you don't already, then maybe find some and make a note on your phone with those affirmations so that you can open it up and take a look at them, maybe even read them out loud. Another thing you can do is pray for people. When I started trying to stop ruminating and catastrophizing, I would think about, okay, who was in the meeting last night? And in my mind, I'd go around the table and pray for each one of those people individually and maybe even go to the most recent meeting before that uh, that I was in earlier in the week and play for those people too. Eventually, my brain would come out of the trough of the drama and the chaos. Another thing you can do to think on purpose is you can fantasize about the future instead of catastrophize. Fear tells me all the shitty things that are going to happen, but love tells me all the good things that are going to happen. So if you're going to fantasize about the future, which is what catastrophizing is all about, then why not fantasize about it being good things instead of shitty things? Just not thinking about all the shitty things are going to happen and instead fantasizing about all the amazing things that are going to happen makes for a way better life. Personally, I'm happier much more frequently when I think about all the amazing things that are going to happen in my life. And especially when I think about how I'm going to feel when those good things happen. We typically want certain outcomes in our lives because of how we think we're going to feel when those things happen. So why wait? Why wait until that thing happens to feel that way when you can feel that way right now by just thinking about it and thinking of how it's going to make you feel? Put your energy into feeling the beautiful future that you really want to have which is going to release joy chemicals inside your body instead of those shitty chemicals. All right, to recap, to get over or get past the ruminating and the catastrophizing or get out of them, first, get into the present moment. I've given you several techniques for that. And the second thing is to think things on purpose, whether it's praying for people, saying affirmations, or fantasizing about the future. Those tools should get you well on your way to stopping the ruminating and catastrophizing. If you're ready to finally have an enjoyable, relaxing summer doing things you really want to do, instead of always following other people's agendas, I have some openings for private clients right now. If you are really tired of saying yes to things you really don't want to do and being overly accommodating to others, 
this is for you. It's time to start accommodating yourself. Maybe you're dissatisfied with your relationships and overwhelmed with all kinds of difficult feelings because of your interactions with others. If you'd like to get your life in order before the summer hits, go to barbchat.net and sign up for a free 30-minute call with me about my private coaching so we can get started right away. That way, you'll be done by summer. This is for people who are finally ready to make deep, lasting changes in their relationship patterns, including their relationships with themselves, their partners, family, friends, and colleagues. Go to barbchat.net. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're going to love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-release podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higher power coaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at fridayfragments.news. That's fridayfragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listened to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Higher Power Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep, lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.